Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this week, we watched Moonstruck. You sound world-weary, girl. It's been a long day. I've been on a Zoom with you for like... most of the day. What do you mean? Zoom is exhausting. You know, sitting in this chair. Also, had to go to the post office today and that took forever. I have to go to the vacuum repair store. Excuse me? I have, you heard me. I have to go to the vacuum repair store. I'm sorry. Are you 75? What? Is your vacuum broken? Young people's vacuums break too, Carrie. What do you mean am I 75? How old is it? It's not that old. I'm pissed. I bought it when I moved into this apartment. It's like a year old. It's not working. What is it? It's a fucking Dyson, although I did buy it refurbished, so. I don't have the money to spring for a new Dyson. I had to go. I bought it off Nordstrom Rack. It should work fine. Oh, I did too, and mine works fine, so yeah, you should get that looked at. Do you clean the filter often? Ben says I don't clean the filter often enough, but like. Like a true, like, deep clean of the filter? Focus on your own life, and I'll focus on mine, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, I think I've cleaned it once since I have had it. Um, I've cleaned it a couple of times, but I've had mine longer than you've had yours. So I haven't cleaned it that much. Yeah, All right. I'm taking you to the repair store. Tell us about Moonstruck. When did it come out? Moonstruck. Did you, do you say this week we watched Moonstruck? This yeah. week we watched Moonstruck. Uh, it came out in 1987. So Carrie was a sweet one-year-old and I was just uh, a star in the sky. Um, it holds a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's directed by Norman Jewison and written by John Patrick Shanley. Um, it stars, none of these people are in like the, the like starring list, but it stars Cher, Nicolas Cage, Olympia Dukakis, somebody else who got nominated for an Oscar whose name I don't remember, but he was like first built. Like the, the billing order of this movie was bananas. Which character? The uh, Nicholas Cage's brother, who she's engaged to. Carrie, what's the plot of Moonstruck? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> hard to say. He has a um, do. Cher is a widow who agrees to marry Johnny, but then he has to go to Italy to help his to like help his mother die or like be by his mother's bedside as she's dying. And he's like, "You gotta call my brother." Um, and convince him to come to the wedding because we're not talking and she goes to see his brother and it's Nicolas Cage in a bakery looking like uh, detectives Benson and Stabler are coming to question him about a body they found like he's just still baking that bread um, and then she inexplicably fucks Nicolas Cage and they fall in love in 72 hours not even not even Allison that is that's generous they fall in love he falls in love with her in 12 hours. 12 hours. Correct. Um, he has those anger issues. He's also, um, I, I, I don't have a, unstable. he's unstable. Yep. No, it's a ridiculous movie, but it is supposed to be. It's also very dialogue heavy because John Patrick Shanley is a playwright. Yes. He's also I movies and TV, was but. Three fourths or more of the way into this movie when I realized it was written by John Patrick Shanley. And I was like, oh, that's why I feel like I'm watching a play. Because you were. Because <laughs> I was. Um, it was nominated for six Oscars and won three of them. <laughs> were they all acting Oscars? Because I under... Uh Cher, Olympia Dukakis, and John Patrick Shanley. And then the other three nominations were the brother with Johnny, the, the 
He's wild. funny. He is funny. The bit where he kept leaving <clears throat> the suitcases, I chuckled. <laughs> once I figured out what was happening, once I figured out that it was supposed to be ridiculous and leaned into it, I think like I, I didn't fully understand what I was getting into. So for the first half, I was like, what is happening? And then I was like, it's supposed to be absurd. So here I am. Literally like the moon makes them fuck. It's like. True. Yes. Yes. I was nominated for best picture, best director, best actress, best supporting actor, best supporting actress, best original screenplay. So it lost best picture, best director, best supporting actor. Ooh. Who was best supporting actor? Nicolas Cage? Vincent Gardinia. Oh, no, excuse me. The father. Oh. The, The guy who plays the father won or lost? Lost. Let's find out to who. Let's play a game. Okay. So, Carrie, who beat Vincent Gardenia? Do you want options? In 1980, so this movie came out in 1987. This is the 1988 Oscars, the 60th annual. Wait, so Moonstruck was nominated for three acting nominations, three acting awards? Correct. It won two of them. And it won Sharon Olympia Dukakis won. The guy who plays the father lost to Dennis Hopper. You just picked a name. I would give, I'm going to multiple choice it for you. Jesus Christ. Okay, good. All right, thanks. Okay, <laughs> fine. Multiple choice. How is that the first name you pulled up? Okay. Uh, Isn't it like, wasn't he in the Deer Hunter? Didn't that come out around this time? Okay, anyway, go ahead. He was not nominated if it came out this year. All right, the nominees are very successful actors, all of them. Denzel Washington for Cry Freedom, Sean Connery for The Untouchables, Morgan Freeman for Street Smart, or Albert Brooks for Broadcast News. Who did he lose to? Albert Brooks. No. He lost. I'll give you a hint. He lost to a problematic man. And I don't believe Albert Brooks is problematic. Sean Connery. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Share one. Do you want to guess who she beat? Damn, Share. I remember that it wishes. Was, I remember it was like controversial because everyone was like, Cher beat all these people. Glenn Close has lost to both Cher and Gaga. She she cannot be happy with pop superstars turned actors. I did note that if this movie was made today, 100% it would be played by Gaga. No, Gaga no is question. Our, no Gaga question. is our current Cher. Um, Look, I'm going to go out on a limb. I don't know who they beat, but I feel like Cher and Olympia Dukakis were deserving of their Oscars. They were fan- in both movie. fantastic in this movie and, in my opinion, the best parts of this movie. Uh, Olympia Dukakis is the only woman in her category I've ever heard of. <laughs> Why? So well, Cher beat Meryl Streep, Holly Hunter, and Glenn Close. Cher, Cher beat, like... <laughs> Like the, the crime of the crop. <laughs> and someone named Sally Kirkland. All the best to them. Olympia Dukakis beat women. I've three different women named Anne. There are three Anne. Oh. Anne Archer from Fatal you, Attraction. You know who Anne Archer is. Anne Ramsey from Throw Mama from the Train. <laughs> Never even heard of that movie. That sounds like a 30 rack joke. <laughs> and Anne Southern from The Whales of August. Never heard of it. Ann Archer, you, you would recognize. This is how you know that uh, Oscars are dumb. Is that like, who, which of these movies did Moonstruck lose to? Hope and Glory, Broadcast News, Fatal Attraction, or The Last Emperor? All of them? Oh, 
Oh, they all, no. all but one of them lost. So what was the best picture winner in 1988 is what you're asking me. Yeah, it's not like Moonstruck didn't come in last. They don't rank them. Name them again. You worded that really weirdly. You worded the question Sorry. weirdly. Who won best picture in 1988 beating out Moonstruck? Hope and Glory, Fatal Attraction, Broadcast News, The Last Emperor. Hope and Glory. No, it was The Last Emperor, but what the fuck are The Last Emperor and Hope and Glory? Like, Broadcast News, Fatal Attraction, and Moonstruck are, like, movies that isn't hope and glory no isn't that what denzel washington was nominated for it's like a it's a civil war movie sure yeah where he i think he plays like a union soldier or something i mean i would (laughs) hope he plays a union soldier Gary. no but like you've seen that picture of him in that movie i'm it's a it you you'd recognize like the screenshot from it oh no never mind i take it back i'm wrong oh it's about world war ii it is not what denzel washington was in am i thinking of oh i'm thinking of glory olympia dukakis plays her mother did you yeah i was gonna say did you finish the plot of this movie i mean i gave the basics i gave like the chair nicholas cage plot um olympia dukakis plays her mother her father is having an affair with the woman who plays liz lemon's mother on 30 rock Mm -hmm. um and she like catches them and then they're both having affairs she doesn't love she like she like confirms she does not love johnny her fiance but she's a widower and she married for love the first time and then he died so she's cursed which like she thinks she has bad luck she's bad luck also Uh, johnny doesn't love her really before being honest johnny just that she looks out for him she tells him not to eat fish before she gets on a plane yeah he just likes to be cared for other passengers he just likes to be cared for and his mother's dying so he needs to replace his caretaker. Sure. Um, and then when his mother doesn't die, he's like, she's not dying, so I don't need to marry. Correct. That is correct. <laughs> um, Sharon and I, I noticed, uh, have the same kitchen chairs. See? Um, very nice. My kitchen table is straight out of an Italian New York home in the 1980s. Also, um, not John Spencer, the other one. John Mahoney. There. John Mahoney is there. He's just a professor who's dating his students and they keep being mad at him in the same restaurant but then he has like an almost affair with olivia olympia dukakis but she turns him down because she's not going to stoop to her husband's level beautifully acted by olympia dukakis what were we just watching where she showed up like barely like she didn't have a line i don't remember um there's also Cher's grandfather is there he doesn't speak english until the end and he walks a lot of dogs um and then her aunt uncle her aunt and uncle who are the love story i want that's the Mm -hmm. theirs is the love story i want the moon makes them fuck too and they like genuinely enjoy each other enjoy each other's company still think she's hot after all these years you know she says something like he's like standing in the light of the moon and she says something like in that light and with that look on your face you look 25 and he's like you're hot and then they fuck adorable they're adorable they're the love story i want everybody else i'm like so there's a lot happening here it's really intense could i have rita rita and cosmo rita no cosmo's her dad the dad rita and i don't know her husband the aunt and uncle they're they're who i want they're fun carrie did you have predictions about this movie so i had remembered not loving this movie i've only seen it once like a million years ago 
And I remembered not loving it, but I didn't remember why. And this time around, there are definitely things I appreciate about this movie. It's not my favorite. It is. Like, I feel like I was expecting more of a, like, traditional 1980s New York rom-com. Uh-huh. And it's just bananas. And once <laughs> it I, is. And once I just, like, leaned into the bananas, the, like, okay, we're falling, the moon is making us have sex and we don't have to explain it. And Nicolas Cage is yelling at her. And then, I mean, it's also just, like, clear that, like, Cher hasn't had good sex since her husband died. <laughs> And so Nicolas Cage was like, I want to fuck you. And she's like, fair enough. Like, sounds good. And then it seems like he did a very good job. And so she, you know, this is why you should date around so that you don't confuse good sex with love. Yeah, I think that was the thing I struggled with the most in this movie is I don't understand falling in love with the Nicolas Cage character. He's awfully toxic he's like Uh mad at his brother because his brother came over and was discussing something with him and he was distracted and lost his hand which like and she even says that she's like that's not his fault right and then after he lost his hand his fiance left him and he blames so he blames his brother for the loss of his hand and the loss of his fiance and ever since then he's never allowed anybody to love him again including like the cute little waitress or whatever that works in the bakery that's like madly in love with him and both she and Cher can do better yeah like the first time we're introduced to him he's like threatening suicide (laughs) it's just wild the man he's so intense like there's no that he does not smile once in this entire movie I feel like the time I like Nicolas Cage the most is at the end when he's come over to Cher's family's house and he's introducing himself to people and there he does seem light and breezy (laughs) yes and he's like I'll eat some oatmeal yeah Yeah, that is the moment where he's the best. And so, like, maybe the message is that, like, she lightened him up a little and, like, now he's happy and so he's not as intense. Because he's found love again. Because he's found love again. Again, under three days. Yeah, not even. Um, And listen, like, you know, as we've discussed in the past several episodes, like, I've been reading a lot of romance novels. I think it's part of my personality now. I'm just going to go with it. It's tough so, to follow you on Goodreads right now because it's just listen. Some of them are naked men on the cover. I don't. I don't know why you're judging because I'm not some, judging. I'm some just of saying them it's tough to follow. I can't see the difference in them. Well, they're series. They're about different naked men. You should watch the movie with. Did you see the Sandra Bullock Channing Tatum movie where she's a romance author and he's her cover model? No, I did they not. Lost in the jungle. Okay, I watched it on a plane, which I think is the perfect place to watch it. It, it, I'm not going to sit here and say it's very good. It was exactly what I wanted on a plane ride. Yeah, but I have seen people repost a scene where he's like, don't judge your readers just because this is these are the kind of books they want to read. Yes, there is. It's there's a very sort of like she is sort of um, she was supposed to be something. Her husband's also dead. She also plays a widow. Um. And there's this sort of like she was supposed to do something quote more and more like prestigious or she's very smart and I forget like what her degree is, but she's like incredibly well-educated and very smart. And she clearly sort of thinks what she does is pointless. And then there's a good sort of like what you do is valuable and, you know, that don't judge your readers. Right. 
anyway okay but to my goodreads is i mean maybe you should read some of the books not the ones that i star under three stars because i am honest about how good they are but romance novels love love a toxic man that you know is fixed by a good vagina as um, does an 80s rom-com as does an 80s rom-com so clearly i have a, a tolerance for that not a high tolerance but a tolerance nonetheless and this movie i was just like i can't there's just too much i just it's the threatening suicide like right when you need them like the other i think the other problem that i have is the and i get like we're struck by the moon the moon is magic it's a magical moon but the lack of development of like why she's so taken with him and he's so taken with her like oh see i get why he's taken with her she's fucking share well 80s. sure but she's not share. She, I mean, the character is very not share. You know what I mean? The character is very like she's a bookkeeper. I think we're supposed to think she's kind of frumpy because she has gray hair, but like she still looks like share. Yeah, um, there's the point where she goes to the salon and they finally let her take the gray out, and then like they do her hair, and it, her hair looks beautiful, but it's also like her face still looks like she's still fucking share. Like right, she's been share the whole time. Like she still has pre extreme plastic surgery share. Yeah, I mean, she still has like the fucking cheekbones of an egyptian goddess so like i don't buy the frumpy but you know she's just she's not like fabulous in the way that Cher is she's like this you know italian widow who loves her family and like bookkeeps for everyone fine but like i i whether it's a rom-com or it's a romance novel like the thing that will convince me to like get past some level of intensity or toxicity is like some some good banter some good rapport or some kind of build up where i believe that these people have anything in common these two just argue they just argue and then they fuck and like great well, but i need to go to the opera they do she and she cries opera. at the opera and that's like very endearing to him and then and then he gives a lot of like really weird speeches intense speeches about like death and life and life being messy and like he's not wrong but also i don't i don't know that your love needs to be quite that intense he has um, the energy of like a 17 year old boy who just mm-hmm. drank catcher in the rye for the first time <laughs> like yeah he's like holden caulfield who thinks holden caulfield is like who you aspire to and not who you feel bad for who like misread it yes yeah um he has that he has the energy of every boy i dated in high school <laughs> yeah a and lot of like I understand it. a lot of like my life is not like i'm not truly living unless i'm suffering energy mm-hmm. yeah um yeah it's wild it is a wild movie um i also just like i said like probably the first half just being like what like when she when they're sitting in his kitchen and she starts talking about like the wolf and how he bit off his hand i was just like did i miss something like how did we get here well again, like, it's be- it's because john patrick shanley is writing like theater monologues yes which like i mean he, john, john patrick shanley is an excellent playwright but it's just, but it's also sort of like wait 
what am I what am I looking at? What am I watching? Yeah. John Patrick Shanley film is a is a visual medium. Right. And theater is a you know. Yeah, once I realized it was John Patrick Shanley, I was like, okay, this is why I only sort of understand what's happening and why we have lots of very like morally questionable men and saintly women who like handle them. Feel like okay, I understand now what universe we're existing in. Also, we exist in a New York City where everybody's Italian. Every single extra every like every cab driver every person on the street like doesn't matter where we are in the city or what we're doing every single person's italian well it's their new york city it's there it's who they're interacting with like at any moment you expect frank catania to pop up the screen and be like yes. dolores the sauce yes um yeah. i had it right back to housewives um you know at the end the grandfather like everyone's coming in the kitchen it's actually like maybe my favorite scene is the end when like yes things are happening and everyone's entering the kitchen and the aunt and uncle think Cher has stolen from their meat store or their butcher shop and she just right. forgot to you know she was just so entranced by the moon and Nicolas Cage's dick that she forgot to take the money to the bank um, and they resolve that real quickly. But so like everyone's coming in and out and everyone's talking over each other. And finally, the grandfather who has not spoken a word of English this entire movie is like, I'm confused. And I was like, me too, Pop. Oh, me too. I wrote the same thing. I said, me too, old man. Um, yeah. So I had to watch with because it's hot in Los Angeles and I live in an old apartment. I had to have my AC on, which is very loud because it's a thousand years old. So I was watching with subtitles and whenever they, he spoke, it just said old man. Yeah. He's credited as old man, I'm pretty sure. Um, I yeah, I loved the Cher character. I loved Cher in this role. What was her name? Because I just keep calling her Loretta. Thank you. Um, she's like kind of cynical but also romantic. Like she's very cynical, but she doesn't want to give up her romanticism. She's very to the point. I mean, I don't understand her wolf monologue at all, but I but I loved her. Loved her, loved her, loved Olympia Dukakis. She had the best beautiful lines of the movie. Um, such as? Such as what you don't know about women is a lot. And um, would you say that? She had some line I thought was great and I didn't write down. She said that, that to John Mahoney. That's right. And then at the end, uh, when she asked Cher if she loves Nicolas Cage, Cher says, I love him awful, which is a good line. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Olympia Dukaka says, oh God, that's too bad, which is a, well, that's like early- a fantastic exchange. Well, and cause earlier in the movie, when Cher tells him she's engaged to Johnny and Olympia Caucus asks, do you love him? And Cher says, no, like she has sort of a like, no, but it, like, it's, it, you know, he'll I think she says like, whatever. he's nice to me or whatever, which, yeah. you know, the bar's on the floor, but sure. Um. And then Olympia Dukakis is like, good. The ones you actually love drive you crazy, like in reference to her own husband. Right. I do feel like Johnny is like this, except for the uncle. Like Johnny is the man in this movie that you're like, he's boring and schleppy and a little too devoted to his mother. But he is like the kindest of the the men in this movie. He keeps forgetting his luggage. Like he's coming back from Italy. I mean, his mother's made a miraculous recovery. He's a doof, but like, but a lovable one, you know? It's okay to fall in love with a doof. I wish we had found him a girl at the end. Right. 
I also at the beginning when he's like, I got to go to Italy for a month. My mother is dying. How he knows it's going to take her a month to die is beyond me. But he's like, I'm going to Italy for a month. I was like, oh, so we're going to watch her fall in love with Nicolas Cage like, over the span of this month. And then the movie was like, no, no, no. Two and a half days. Also, I get that, like, we get a line later about how Nicolas Cage and his mother don't get along. But I love that, like, one of the brothers, like, flies to Sicily to be with the mom. And the other brother's like, nah, it's okay. Also, like, Nicolas, she doesn't like me. Nicolas Cage is working in, like, a family-owned bakery. And the other brother's never there. Like, I... It's- I need I need the backstory on this family. I need a lot more information on this family. They don't like each other. I I need I need the prequel. Do I need you? I do. I need yes. to know. I also need to know why Nicholas Cage is so damaged because the hand story is not enough for me. I mean, if you lost your hand and then your girlfriend broke up with you because of it, you might be a little pissed at the world. I'm not saying he shouldn't like get some therapy for it. Also, my question was like, did she actually break up with you because you lost your hand or did you become a dick after you lost your hand and then she broke up with you? Like, right. Great questions. Is it because you're now disabled and she needed a quote unquote whole man or were you just a dick and you're like, she went because my hand. Like, I need to see each of their like Reddit am I the assholes because my right. guess is he's the asshole. Correct. Um, yeah. I feel so. Was it Cameron that explained? described kombucha as like at first i don't like it and then i do like it first i didn't at first i don't like it and now i do like it yeah that's kind of how i feel about this movie is like at first he was a five-year-old child when he well he's older now but at that time he was five when he and he was describing kombucha yeah and that's kind of how i feel about this movie is i'm like and i also don't know that i like in my notes i wrote this movie is weird but good question mark yeah at it first I movie. don't at first I don't like it and then I do like it. Like it's I don't know. Kombucha girl meme, I don't know. But I like to credit Cameron with it because he said that before the meme came out. So he could also be a famous meme artist if I had used my camera fast enough. Yeah, I like I literally woke up this morning. Like I went to bed last night being like, that was weird and I'm tired. And then I like fell asleep and I went to bed and I woke up this morning and I was like, I think I get it. I think I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> like it took me eight hours. I needed to sleep on it. Um yeah. I mean, it's there you are very some realism. There's just no yes, real, like yes, and there are from some very charming moments. Yeah, it, there is a fantasticalness to this, and I think like when you sort of lean into that, then your romantic lead being <laughs> incredibly unlikable and intense is a little less damning. Um, at one point she says to him what's the matter with you you think you're the only one who has shed a tear which i feel like it, it describes all like romantic male leads i feel like that's most romantic male leads is like they're just like time. yeah also i know that this is part of the theme of like she's a caretaker and stuff but like she goes to his apartment to talk to him and then ends up cooking for him without a transition she's just like suddenly cooking for him well isn't it like steak or like she makes him a steak yes yes yeah and She's like, I'm going to cook it like this. And he's like, don't do that. It's like, he wanted it like super cooked, bitch. No. Yeah. And she makes some steak and pasta because they're Italians. So everything has to be with pasta. Right. Then they have sex. And then he's in love with her. And he says, I'm in love with you. And she oh, has and her most, the most famous scene where she tells him to snap out of it. Yeah. There's a and lot then, of like, classic imagery, like, yes. imagery throughout this movie that I'm like, oh, yeah, all of these scenes are, it's like the snap out of it. It's her walking, like dancing down the street. Yes. Even like them in the opera, I feel like is a screenshot you get of the yes. movie a lot. Yeah. 
Um, and then he has this whole speech about the only two things he loves in the world are her and opera again after, I don't know, 12 hours, but not even he met her that morning. They have like more, they have like day sex and then the moon is out. He's on her for like four hours. When I thought the moon was out the after the opera. No, maybe you're right. No, you're right. You're right. You are right. The moon was out after they'd had sex. It's like they have sex in the day and then they, he talks about, and then. And then the moon comes out and she goes back to sleep and wakes up the next morning. And he's like, you have to come to the opera with me tonight. Cause the only things I love in this world are you and the opera. It's like, wow, she's really, I feel like you, if you fall in love that quickly, he'd have more things in life. He loved, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like he'd overcommit to things he loved. Right. Yes. In case you were wondering, Olympia Dukakis was not old enough to be Cher's mom. I was actually wondering. I mean, she <laughs> was, if she had her at 15. That's their age difference is 15 years. To be fair, Cher will later play Meryl Streep's mother, and I think they're eight years apart. Yeah. Just wild uh, the way we treat fam- women. Famously, Amy Poehler played Rachel McAdams' mother, and they are like five or six years. Like they're both they are they are contemporaries. Yeah. Oh, watching the plane take off from the gate is not something that holds up. She like goes to watch johnny leave for italy and like watches his plane take off and then talks to an old italian woman because you're right everybody in this movie is italian everyone's italian and they're both just like watching the plane take off and the old woman's like my sister's on there i hope she dies (laughs) (laughs) i do Um, love this is just something i like about like plays or john patrick it's just like random people having like monologues and inner thoughts that like have no bearing on anything (laughs) my sister's on that plane i hope she dies um but yeah they watch the plane take off from the gate which just we don't do that anymore no it's no. wild so i not understand that shot of the twin towers but so many shots of the twin towers yeah um i did really laugh at at the beginning the owner of the restaurant being sad that this like perpetual bachelor who's brought every date in his lifetime to this restaurant is going to propose. And so he's going to lose his date business. The re- people at the restaurant were fun. Yeah. And like, they knew Olympia, like it, it, you, we say like, we're joking, like everyone in this New York is Italian, but it's also about their like very small community. Cause like Olympia Dukakis later goes to that restaurant and they know her like. The, like yeah. It's just about this like few block radius they're living in. But like even like you said, like at the airport and like the cab drivers, like every extra is also Italian, which is questionable. Um, But again, we're not living in the real world. No. Um, The other performance I really liked was John Mahoney. I thought his performance was um, delightful. I did say I don't like this color on John Mahoney, but I do like him as an actor. I just don't like him as a creepy professor. No, but he... Peter Dukakis, to be fair, is like, you're too old. You shouldn't be dating your students. Yeah. Also that scene that was like one of my one of the more interesting scenes I think. Honestly, I think what it is is I dislike the Nicolas Cage character. I've never found Nicolas Cage all that appealing. I struggle with him as a romantic lead. Um Isn't your favorite movie than or your favorite series of movies the National Treasure movies? Nope, that's Jamie, not me. I do enjoy the National Treasure movies, but I do struggle with Nicolas Cage as a romantic lead. Not as a lead. I don't mind him as a lead, but as a romantic lead. I struggle with Nicolas Cage. Even even young, crazy Nicolas Cage. Um, And so I think that the, like, stories and the relationships 
except you know other than the central like romantic relationship between Sharon and Nicholas Gage were the most interesting parts of the movie for me. So like the scenes between Sharon and Olympia Dukakis, the scenes between Olympia Dukakis and John Mahoney, the scenes with the aunt and uncle or like the rest of the family. Those were all the moments. Yeah. Even her parents. He was having an affair, but like there was something about that that seemed more genuine. Like, like I understand, like I, I liked the parents relationship they loved each other but he was having an affair and the like watching her deal with it i don't know like that right also the resolution of it was really interesting like she says i want you to stop seeing her you're she has this whole theory about like men cheat because they're they fear death and they think like if they have somebody else or they have someone younger like they're cheating death in some way and she was like you're still gonna die and he was like okay i'll be done with her you know yeah i I agree. Like, I just think um, a lot of the other pieces of this movie were more interesting and funnier and more appealing than the central romantic relationship. Yes. Uh, No, I found it funny and charming. And I'm with you where I was like, did we need Nicholas Cage? (laughs) (laughs) Did we need him here? I did read something that originally they were... um, they were considering casting Peter Gallagher and Cher was like, I think we should re- have Nicholas Cage read for this role because he's going to be able to play crazy better. And I feel like that was the right choice. For who could play crazy? Maybe. For who would get me excited? Paul Gallagher. Right. But I, but I feel like maybe the goal is not for you to, for the audience to understand the appeal of Ronnie. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if we, if you tried to put somebody really charming in there, in that role, it wouldn't necessarily achieve this goal where you're supposed to feel like it's fantastical and doesn't quite make sense. Yeah. You know, I think maybe could have done it. Um, Ben both because I'm not attracted to young Nicolas Cage and movies should cater to who I'm personally attracted to. (laughs) Sure. I think it was the 1980s Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. both hot as fuck and crazy yeah and like un- can play unhinged yeah yeah maybe that would have done it for uh, me because you're right like peter gallagher too and again maybe this is just like the era i grew up in but peter gallagher has way too strong dad energy mm-hmm, sure yeah i'm not sure he did because in 1988 is- but yeah you think this is just a result of me watching the oc as a child yeah <laughs> Um, maybe Um, but yes I think it I think it was a a young AB yeah it's interesting I don't know it's interesting the movies we like that like become iconic like I feel like this is one of those movies that has become iconic Cher won maybe it's just because Cher won an Oscar and wore a crazy dress Um, yeah the Robert Mackey dress Um, I saw it at the Academy Museum yeah I do think there's like a timelessness to this movie because because there's a there is an extent to which like I and maybe I would feel differently watching this in 1987 or 1988 but like I don't know that the Nicolas Cage character was supposed to be like particularly swoonworthy or appealing even in 1987 or 1988 like I think yeah. you're supposed to think of him as like intense and wild and 
unhinged and sort of like not completely understand their love story because she's so kind of like by the book and straight laced and like white bread for lack of a better word um and so I do think there's a timelessness because it like I don't feel like we're watching this movie now and thinking like oh god this was supposed to be really a this was supposed to be like your romantic lead and now he's thought of as so toxic and abusive like I think he was supposed to be toxic and intense and you were supposed to think that even back then and the other themes like the family and marriage and love and what makes a marriage work and who you want to be with and what you look for and all those things those none of that feels dated that all feels very timeless and like it holds up um yeah so i think I that's that. I don't part think- of the reason that this movie still you know is considered so iconic is because there is like truly a timelessness to it yeah and i think you're right like i think you know they offset or they like johnny the brother ronnie and johnny love a rhyming brother name um why are we not carrie and mary or allison and Allison. (laughs) (laughs) um but like his foil is the brother who is deeply not toxic who is like completely the opposite just sort of like hapless and like the ideal man is like maybe somewhere in the middle right um the uncle the uncle's the ideal man the uncle um i mean honestly like owns a butcher shop thinks his wife's hot just like unlimited meats and cheeses what i mean i'm attracted to him like um, tell me tell me what you don't want there no everything um yeah i don't know what i was saying except that i agree with you and you're right and you're smarter than i am i do think yeah we get like some juxtaposed men which i think helps and sort of flushes things out like several interesting women yeah like several interesting dynamic women i guess like two but then even in the smaller parts like the aunt is there and yeah and there's fun in the women who you know are her hairdressers and, mm-hmm. and the world is really well the world is not realistic but it is like populated and fun and yes colorful and interesting yes i don't know it's fun we had fun yeah weird not gonna like very weird revisit it a whole lot but but it was interesting not, not mad it is i will say like the other thing i think that i struggled with particularly in the beginning it is it is very dialogue heavy like it is it's a slow it's burn people monologuing mm-hmm. yeah and i love a good monologue i love dialogue this is that's what this is mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right well what are we watching next <laughs> we're watching the wedding date i guess in two weeks how often right. do these come out y'all know every two um, weeks our next patreon episode is fire island because uh pride should last longer than june and we planned poorly so <laughs> next week we're- and we love uh austin retelling Oh, I think by that time I'll be reading Persuasion, so I'll be, like, in my Austin place. Okay. Um, I just got the notification that it's at my library, so I gotta go get that. Um, I'm a library babe now. I got a library card, been placing holds. That's the thing to do. My hold list is always at capacity, so you just get them them as they come. 
Oh, I didn't know there was capacity. Mine, like once it's on, once it's at the hold, you have to go pick it up by a certain day. Oh, I get them through the app so that they go to my Kindle, so I don't have to go anywhere. Oh, I like I like the I like the physical library. Also, it's do. on my way into and from my nanny job, but I had to finish the wife upstairs so I can return that to the library. Get Persuasion and Malibu Rising next week. We're watching the wedding date. Before that, you can be on our Patreon and listen to us talk about Fire Island. I've already watched it. It's fun. Care? Can't I can't wait. Uh, I can't I wait to watch gonna it. Really spark the Austinness in Carrie. I. I think I said this in our last episode, or maybe I said it in our last Patreon, but like I recently read a Pride and Prejudice retelling that I loved and then went and put like a bunch on hold in the library (laughs) and like Googled like best Pride and Prejudice retelling. So I can't wait to watch Fire Island. I think the casting of like who put like each of the sister characters. So obviously in Fire Island, they're all men, but I think like it's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, join us on Patreon to watch Fire Island. Join us in two weeks for the wedding date. Allison, where can people find us? Oh, this is new this week because we're not doing it on Twitter. Um, you can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod. And you can now find us on TikTok at hold up podcast. All one word. Guys, Carrie's killing it on the talk. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Thanks. Um, it's fun. I enjoy the texts. TikTok. She's showing her face like a little influencer. It's, it's, it's good great. times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, find us on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, donate to your local abortion fund and or uh, every town for gun safety. Yep. <laughs> because those two things seem ever present and horrifying. Um, Carrie's going to link to those to the National Abortion Fund and every town in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us and letting us take our minds off the horrors of uh the current state of the United States of America. We love you. Bye. Bye.